What's going on? It's Funny Guys Money Lines. Uh, this is Bump. Remember me? You can find me on Twitter at BumpyBetSlips where pretty much all betting has subsided for now. So you probably won't get any picks from me there till the NFL season. Um, nonetheless, I'm sitting here with Nick and Hunter and um, the NBA Finals are over. Yeah. They've been over. Been a little bit. <laughs> the Nuggets. Sorry, guys. The Nuggets defeated the Heat. 94 to 89 and win the series 4 to 1. And why did any why did we think anything else else other or other than that would I, happen? I never did. You guys were the one who bet the heat. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not the only two, Nick. No. Well, definitely you know, not the only two. I like a good underdog and I didn't expect the heat to win. I wanted them to win. I didn't expect it to happen. They were just seriously undermatched in that finals and it it showed. Yeah, good point. Uh I'm going to say that too. I didn't expect the heat to win at all. <laughs> no. I just wanted them to win. Sure. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you count out the Nuggets almost or maybe that's the story that they wanted to tell throughout the playoffs, but at the end of the day, the number one seed, they got their schedule that they wanted. They cruised through the playoffs. They cruised through the finals, and they were just dominant throughout those five games. Mm-hmm. Even in that loss, it was, it wasn't like they got outclassed or outdominated. They got outworked, and some nights that happens, and I, they just came back even better than that, and uh, it made it even worse for the Heat. I think that they won that game. Do you guys think it was a boring finals? Hell no. I had a lot of people saying that it was a one of the more yeah boring I saw that, finals that yeah. they've seen in recent time. I saw that all over Twitter, and that's horseshit. That finals was so entertaining. I mean, it only it only went to five games. You wish it went to six. You wish it went to seven. Right. But you wish it went to at least six. But still, those five games. None of them were really blowouts. A couple of them, the Heat were playing catch up. But I thought. It was a battle every game, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, um, lost my train of thought. Did you think it was boring? No, I think whoever thought that it was boring probably wasn't betting on it. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. Or maybe they, they just don't really enjoy basketball. Yeah, sure. No, I thought it was an entertaining series. I thought that the Nuggets, I mean, we all saw them completely dominate that entire right. series, the entire playoffs, really. I never really saw it going any other way after they dismantled the Timberwolves in that uh, first series. Yeah, so dismantled. I got I got them at plus 300 in the Suns series, and I rode that. They never even thought once about cashing out. I, my cash out was out at like $96 at one point Yeah. when the complete payout was at 100 And I was just like, no, nah, I want that $4. You, you know it. what I mean? How could you be bored watching, and we discussed this either last podcast or the one before, Watching the best young duo in the league, in Jokic and Murray. Yeah, how, how could that's you be a great bored question. watching that? That's a great question. How could you be bored? Someone let us know. I didn't really like. Uh, I won't say, like I appreciate Jokic's game. Now I definitely appreciate Jokic's game after watching the Nuggets do what they did throughout the playoffs. And he made you a little skrilla. Yeah, he made me a little skrilla. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but aside from that. Um, I didn't really like watching him much. Like, I thought that it was completely ridiculous how somebody of that <laughs> stature can make 
the NBA in basketball as a whole looks so easy. It's mind yeah. blowing. It's like it Jokic just like I don't. It's it's a complete phenomenon. Like I don't understand. I, I can appreciate it more now because Jokic. He, it looks like he just hops off the couch and just fucking goes and he drops 30, 20, 10 games like it's nothing. He makes it look easy. I don't know why I couldn't appreciate that for what it was before. Yeah. But I certainly can now. Yeah. And I've been in love with Jamal Murray for years. I He's he's the man. Since the bubble, really. Yeah, Since the bubble. The breakout bubble. Since and just, like, just the story. Out. You know what I mean? Like, you tear your ACL... Oh, come yeah, back story. Come back even better you think you're going to get let go. You think you're going to get traded. He comes back and he shows the whole roster, his coach Malone, exactly what yeah. they drafted him for. And yeah. I think that's an amazing story. And he I had was a great moment. Time. He had a great moment with Kroenke at the end of the finals, too. The owner of the, yeah. the, owner of the Nuggets, mm-hmm. where he just kind of was, he thanked him for believing in him and giving him a chance when he knows that that doesn't happen a lot in the business. Yep. Yeah. It is a business. That People, was a great moment. Yeah. Yeah, he's really the Adrian Peterson of the NBA, you know? And then it was a great moment, and then they did something great as a team. Like that, just to see that, I think that's the pinnacle of watching a sport, is watching a player that you admire. You don't even really have to admire them, but seeing them reach that pinnacle moment, how could you not feel something from that? How could you not feel joy for them or maybe it's envy or whatever it is. No matter what, that powerful moment in that person's life is touching if you really watch it and pay attention to it. Absolutely. So the question is, will they be back next year? I think so. I mean, so, yeah, that is a great question. Because look at the landscape of the West. They ran through it, and do you know what? They had tough competition. They played the Timberwolves, they played the Suns, and they played the Lakers. Who are they going to play? Well, I don't know. That doesn't really seem like the toughest path to the finals to me. No. And I know that a lot of people criticize the Nuggets for this because they played the Timberwolves, one of the weaker playoff teams. That's why you play regular season games. Yeah. They played the Suns. That's what I'm saying. That's why you play regular season games. That's why they matter. That's the one reason why they matter. They played the Suns, which, you know, okay, like KD, Booker, but, you know, no depth there. And they played the Lakers, who struggled all year long. Yeah. And then they played an eight seed in the finals. So... We know they're one of the best teams in the league. They just won the fucking NBA Finals. But can they do it if they got to go through, like, the Suns again and, like, maybe Memphis? If they, maybe if they get the Bucks because the Heat bounced them. If they got the Bucks in the Finals, would they win that? I think they would. I think it'd be a lot closer of a but series. Yeah, of co- yeah, it might of go course. to seven games. Of course. Giannis yeah. and Jokic in the Finals, that'd be a duel. That'd be an absolute duel. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Aaron Gordon guarding up Giannis. But I think they will be back, regardless of the fact that their competition in the playoffs wasn't that ridiculous this year. And you know who I think they're going to be playing in the finals? Bump's going to like this. Way too early predictions from Bump's going to love this. The Boston Celtics, because I think their big three now, is going to win the East. You know, I think that's bullshit. Let's discuss. Here we go. You know, I was on here... A few episodes ago, talking about Kristaps Porzingis and how he had yep. a career year last year in Washington, and he hit his stride, and he's still young. He's 27 or 28 right now. Yep. So, 
I was hyping him up as a Washington Wizard. I just, I don't know. I I can't see it through a tangible lens yet because I'm kind of upset about Marcus Smart. How could you not be? Yeah, that must sting for you. But do you think it was worth it? No. No? I don't think he Marcus did. Smart is so much more than a player on the court who can give you stats. So okay. do you think they're going to regress without him and with Chris Stapps It's tough roster? to tell if they're going to regress or not. You know, you'd think they would regress after losing their coach last year and having Joe Mazzula step in, who's like 36 years old. and Yeah. You know, he comes in and they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lose to an eight-seed Miami Heat who the whole time was a complete tornado. Like, they had a weapon of a team and then they added Kevin Love late in the season and that gave them so much more space and depth. And, man, I I think if there's a way to blend these players together then great. I think, yeah, that's a great big three. You have so much size and defense and then shooting in that big three. I just, I don't know. It's it's tough. You, you trade, we traded the heart and soul of our team, you know, for a unicorn. Let's just hope it pans out. It's just, a, it, they have to blend together on the court. That's that's the secret sauce with any big three, though, right? You know, we see pairings come together in the NBA all the time, and they just don't really pan out the way they should. But, yeah, Kristaps, a lot of space on the floor. Great shooter. He shot the three at a great percentage last year. And if he keeps that up in this Boston offense, then, yeah, uh, it's a good – it's a – man, Marcus Smart is <laughs> – I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. I think you'll enjoy Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, yeah, I he's an entertaining guys, player. Yeah, he'll give you guys... He'll sell tickets, and he'll do things that I think... he Like, he is a unicorn. Like, it's Tinkus Pingus, bro. Like, yeah, he does things Who like, the fuck is Tinkus Pingus? <laughs> dude, it's actually wild watching this dude play basketball. And he does a lot of things that people his height should not be able to do. Yeah, you know how many people were saying that, though, when he got traded to Boston? Yeah, of course. So, like, are you more upset? I'm more upset about Marcus Smart. Like like I said, I'm not seeing it through a tangible lens, right? Like, I can't really objectively have an opinion on this yet. And it's been a while, too. So you're more upset than you are excited for the future. (sighs) Also, in you this have to one moment, mind, we yeah, were, we, I mean, the cut's still fresh, dude. Let me heal. <laughs> we were talking to not too long ago about kind of the way that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown yeah. kind of got to figure it out between the two of them on the court. And like, is Jalen Brown even there next year? Is well, it a big three? Is it a big three? That's what I was or getting Or do we just to. have two great power forwards now? That's well, what I was getting to. I'm assuming that Brown will be there next year, and that's why I really like the Celtics, because I think... Two things they were missing is, one, a legitimate third scoring option, and two, a big man who can score. And you get Tingus Pingus, and that's two for one. Who the fuck is Tingus so, Pingus? So is Al Horford still there in Boston? Who knows? Who cares? I will th- let me get to it first before you fucking jump on my neck about it, buddy. I was going to ask. Who, me? Yes, you. What you said, I? who cares? I'm about to tell you why I who care. Who knows? I'm about to tell you why I care. Because do you think... Tingus Pingus obviously will play the four. No. Do you think he plays the five, and do they bring in Robert Williams in that starting role, or do you think they leave Al Horford in the starting lineup? Oh, boy. That's a good question. 
Thank you. Um, if you let me fucking talk, get to my point. Well, I feel attacked right now. I I, I felt attacked. I just let you you do your. I'm getting it back. I'm giving it back. What's going on here? I'm giving it back. There's an attack going on. Bombs over Baghdad. Um, I'm going to dodge them and <laughs> just say, I, I think that would be interesting if you play Pingus at the four, because that would move Tatum to small forward and Brown to shooting guard or Brown to another right. team. Right, okay. Because we are loaded with guards. Okay. Like, who's going to, what is it going to be? Derek White's going to start at point guard now? I think he has to, right? You could. You very well could. Jalen Brown as shooting guard. I don't think you guys have anybody else to start at point guard now, do you? Yeah, we have Peyton up. Pritchard. We still have Peyton Pritchard. I think mm-hmm. Derek White's probably got that. He's a scrappy edge little doll. <laughs> Derek White might have the edge. He might have Pritchard, a little yeah. edge. A little edge. edge there. But yeah, no, nah, I'm just. I mean, saying, yeah, I mean, yeah and they then, had Marcus Smart running the points. So. Yeah, and then Malcolm Brogdon. But yeah, uh, yeah, and you it's, have Brogdon. That's a great roster, man. I, so, Is it because the Clippers didn't want him? So here's another question for you. Would you have rather them gone through with that original trade yes. and sent Malcolm Brogdon to yes. the Clippers? Yes, I don't care if you're six, man. Who were you yet. getting back in that trade for, um, for Brogdon? What was that trade? I can't. It was think still Pingus. It was always Pingus. It was Pingus? We were always <clears throat> calling for Pingus. Who'd Ranger? Yeah, I feel like I would rather give up Brogdon for, for Tingy Pingy as well. Because the Wizards took picks. Yeah. Yeah. The Wizards took picks, and then another team had the player acquisition. Dude, the Wizards have fucking nobody now. Well. They have Jordan Poole. Yeah, they got Poole. Dude, they made, I think they have like a completely different roster. How many points per game does Poole average? Besides Kuzma. I think 25 plus. Yeah, I think this is. There's unlimited looks for Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Unless if he's broken. I think Poole's taking. 40 shots a game. Okay. He has to. Not really. But they got to get a lot. They got to get some baddies down in DC. Some fucking bad cheerleaders <laughs> yeah. or somebody sitting courtside if they want this dude to perform. This is a make or break year for Poole's career. I think so too. I think like some players obviously are just like never going to be what you want them to be on the defensive side of the court. Yeah. But I like his offense took a lot of dips. It, like, it was like, he was very inconsistent last year. Like, I think he needs to find his consistency, and he needs to keep that. I think he was the most disappointing player of last season, because remember the Celtics-Warriors finals? He was going crazy, and yeah. all year he had such a good year, yeah. and everyone was like, this is, the, this is who's going to take over for Steph. the pool party. This is who's going to take over for Steph. And then this year, he just kind of shit the bed. Well, he just kind of got punched in the face, and then he nothing did was get, really ever the he same. He did get punched in the face. Maybe that did it. Do you, think they, ship, it. Do you think they shipped out Poole to re-sign Draymond? Absolutely. I don't think Draymond stays. Draymond wants to take a vet min to go ride LeBron's dick. That's what I think. Which is insane. That's what to take a ride on LeBron's banana boat. You're huh? a grown man. And dude. I think the Lakers would be more than happy to sign him to... A couple million. The Lake Show. As they should. Yeah, no, we. Had, I, I got to correct on that trade because the Wizards just didn't receive picks. They also received Tyus Jones. Who is oh, a very yeah, valuable yeah. Best backup, backup point guard. guard. Yeah, best backup point guard in the league. Yeah. So I John can't missed, argue with that. John missed yeah. a lot of games last year. This guy was a double-double machine. Yeah, and now he gets Duke. his chance to be a number one starter. Fuck Duke. But Tyus Jones is really good. 
That's a good. Uh, He's a good, good duo. Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole, assuming that Jordan Poole Dil- can... Danilo Gallinari. Do something, yeah. Well, yeah, so the new-look yeah. Wizards aren't looking too, too bad. No, they're going to they're gonna be bad. I mean... They're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be the worst. I don't think it's the player's fault, either. I don't think they're going to be the worst. Oh, they picked up Patrick Ball. So, wait, let me, ask, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Do you think, with Chris Paul going to the Warriors, do you think that the Warriors finally found their point guard that they've been looking for for the last 10 years? Well, it might not be for too long because Chris Paul is an old fart, but I think I think Chris Paul is going to fit really well. I think if I was you being move, completely facetious. Uh, no. I think he's going to no. fit really well. There. I think if you move Steph to the two. Stop it. No, seriously, because Stop. look at what Steph does best besides everything. He plays off the ball really well. Yeah. And Draymond will handle the ball in those situations. I mean, Chris Paul is just a miniature Draymond, if you really think about it. He doesn't turn the ball over as much as well. So you get CP3 to kind of carve through the inside of the defense and have Steph moving on the outside with all the screens and picks that the Warriors throw out there on offensive sets. Steph's going to shoot probably 500 threes this season. But then who are you going to leave on the bench? What do you mean? You can't slide Wiggins to the four. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. They well, have all the time. They do it all the time. Yeah. Well, when they play small ball with Jerry at the five. Yeah, and they'll just do that because they, they can. They're the Warriors and they can. Yeah. You think that's what they're going to keep doing? Who knows? Maybe. Um, I think Looney showed that. Yeah, he did, but they're weird. He, he always has. Steve Kerr is stuck in his ways with the small ball. Right. And he's won so many championships playing like that. Like with Dennis yeah. Rodman. And well, they had a. Uh, uh, Tony Kukoc. No, they had a, <laughs> I'm thinking decades past that. Bogut. They won, oh, Andrew they won, Bogut. They won a yeah. or two with Bogut at the Yeah, five. he was just a punisher. Yeah, but if they lose Draymond, if you have a starting lineup of CP3, Steph, Clay, Williams, and Looney. Uh-huh. But then what is, where does that leave the bench? That's the question. you got to have somebody well, coming off the bench to facilitate. They have no, Who do they have on their roster now that Poole's gone? Let's Poole's look at the gone. Match here. Poole's it's gone. Moody's up. gone. It's Patrick a, Baldwin Jr.'s gone. Yeah. It's an I have a hole in my shorts. It's an interesting thought. But, I mean, yeah, I don't hate the idea now that you kind of broke it down of Steph moving to the two because he does obviously play off the ball. He plays off the ball so well. Very well. They drafted Tracy Jackson Davis out of Indiana. Good? Bad? Oh, he's great. I'm honestly so in the dark with NBA prospects this year. It's he, terrible. You didn't watch the tournament? No, I watched the tournament, but, like, dude, there were so many fucking teams to focus on. Like, I don't know names. It's just showing me the center position. Yeah, I uh, I didn't see much of their bench. Do they still have Gary Payton? Do they? Yeah, uh, they must. Think? Didn't they just trade back for him this year? They, they got a real sun situation going on where they, have, they, they could have a stack starting lineup and no bench. And speaking of the Suns... It's one of the one of the last trades we got to talk about here. Bradley Beal is on the Suns, and let me ask you guys this. I like that. Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Devin Booker. No. Is my this? My answer is no. Well, you haven't heard the question. <laughs> I know the question. My answer is no. I think I have asked this before. Okay, then if no, well, I guess well, let no. Me ask say the first. question. Let the audience hear the question. Yep, what about me, do. dude? So, <laughs> is Beal, Katie, and Booker the best? The sco- Buffalo Beal. Yeah, the best scoring big three ever assembled. Ever assembled is a completely blasphemous. 
Who, if, all right, name me a better scoring big three. Then. Dude, I think the Brooklyn big three was better than the Suns big three. They the just, Heat big three. The Heat big three 100% was better. Than Bosh was, an aver- Bosh was averaging 23. No, no, no. no. I don't, you guys are not understanding the question. The best scoring big three. Still you mean like as players, and like with their scoring abilities? Their scoring abilities. Then, yes, the Brooklyn big three was, I think, way better. Oh, hell yeah. James I mean, Harden. The handles out of everybody Irving in that in group. Prime, then that's ridiculous. So, obviously, you have KD on both sides. So, you, you right. would take. KD's. Just in terms of scoring, side. you would take Kyrie and Harden over Beal and Booker. Are we talking their primes, dude? Well, like, when when each one happens. So, you right. know, a couple years ago in Brooklyn. Yeah, right I think now. I'm still taking Brooklyn. Like, I don't love Bradley Beal. I do. I don't love Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal. Beal. I think, yeah, he's a great offensive player, but he's still a defensive liability, and I think that's a terrible move for the Suns because they already have no fucking defense. Okay, so I think the Brooklyn Big Three is a good argument. Are there any other ones that might compete up there? I think the Miami Big Three. Yeah. I don't think they're better. Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, yeah, Chris but Chris Bosh, dude, he was a mid-range sniper. He was a god. He yes, was, but you were really telling me that that's a better scoring Big Three. When he got when he got recruited to the Big Three, he was averaging twenty-three plus points a game in Toronto. Sure. Yes, less, less than any of these guys that I'm talking about. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Could av- well, he's not going to average a ton with what these a- two guys, but in, in, I've seen him average thirty points a game in Washington. Right. I mean, yeah, because yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, he's a, he is lethal, but he's also Washington's only. He's like Dame, he's Washington's only player. He goes out yeah. there and he has coach goes give him the ball, and that's just what it is. I'm not taking that as an answer. No, but no, but no, three. because as I'm talking through that answer, yeah. it doesn't. That doesn't matter anyway. Because Kobe did the same thing with the Lakers. For some years, he was the only player on that team, and those were the years he averaged 36 points a game. Yeah. Allen Iverson with the 76ers. So does that make them the greatest three scoring? Like, ah, uh, man. I got one. Okay. The Warriors big three with KD. It's funny how KD finds his way into all these big threes, but the Warriors big three. And that's that's the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. That is that Before one. Before Clay went down, man. Oh man. That one's yeah. probably better. You know what? That I, one's probably. I, better. I think that one's probably. I'll take that as the an best out of the one. I can't believe it slipped my mind. The Brooklyn so big three, I say maybe, but yeah, the Warriors one, I say probably. It's up there, and I mean, like I said, I don't really love Bradley Beal. Obviously, he's a great offensive player and all, but. I don't know. Devin Booker, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. Not surprised because he's been doing this for a couple years now, but he might be up there in MVP talks this year. So he, what what can the Suns do this year? What's their ceiling? Their ceiling is a title. Yeah, I think that's their expectation every year yeah. ever since when you're constru- 2020. Yeah. yeah. When you're constructing a roster like this and you're going out and you're getting Bradley mm-hmm. Beal, you've got to think that like they're going for broke. Like. They're they're either gonna be in the finals or like it's a it's a failure for them. Do you like them or the Nuggets in a Western Conference Finals? The match? Nuggets. I also like the, the Nuggets, Nuggets. Have more depth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then their bench know, is just so much. Christian better. Brown's only gonna be a year better. Dude, he's fucking living it up. Aaron, yeah, <laughs> Aaron, he's Christian, having a great time. Christian Braun is having a fantastic time wherever the hell he's from, bro. He's in every bar within a fucking <laughs> fifty mile radius of Denver. He right earned now. it. Good for him. Yeah, good for him indeed. Fuck. And we got um, one other trade, the John Collins trade. Yeah, that one actually um, weird just happened yesterday. 
We're recording this on Tuesday night, June 27th. Um, was that a Trey Young hit piece? I, me and Nick kind of were talking about it. Yeah, we were discussing he, this yesterday. Nick goes, or we were both kind of like, dude, how the fuck is Rudy Gay still even like have trade? Commanding he, enough for a trade. How, how does he yeah. still have any trade value in the NBA? They gave away Rudy Gay and I think a 2027 second uh, round. Yeah, let's let's be for John Collins. I mean, let me look this up. Look, I don't think John Collins is like fucking, like, you know, Shaquille so, O'Neal or anything. But I mean, bro, <laughs> he had a down he, year. Yeah. For the for the listeners, the Hawks traded John Collins to the Jazz for Rudy Gay and I. Th- I think a second round pick. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't I think, know what year, but whatever. I think it was a 27. Second I don't. Round I don't know. Why the Hawks would would do that? Um, that's, he's going to be a free agent next year. But yeah. sti- I mean, still, Rudy Gay, like we just said, he's he really he's, has value. He's not going to see a minute. A second round pick? Who cares? Like this doesn't. I kind of agree. This with doesn't Paul. make a lot of sense it's to me. Probably just a con or not a contract dump, but they were trying to get whatever they can for well, an yeah. expiring contract, who they probably believed was not going to resign at the end of the year. That's definitely what they were doing, but I don't know. I would. I would honestly. I would. If that's the best you're going to get, I would take another year of John Collins. And then who attempted who knows? Him. They might be scouting somebody in that 27 class where they're like, yo, you know what? <laughs> or Second they, round, he might slip down yeah. there. <laughs> they, could just be, uh, they could just be letting Sadiq Bey go in there. Ooh. Sadiq Bey is a good young player. I mean, and he showed a lot of promise through the Hawks' playoff with um, the Celtics. He, he was one of their more reliable players, and... Maybe uh, they saw something they liked. And he was really good in Detroit, too. Sadiq Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a good scorer. He could put the ball in the hoop. He's, I, a, th- he's a 3 and D guy. I love Detroit's roster. Good 3 and D guy. You love Detroit. I saw a lot of comparisons of uh, who has the better young roster, the Rockets or the Pistons. I think a good question. It's a good question. I think it's the Pistons. Uh, well, uh. I think it's the Rockets. I just think they need to find a coach. Let's compare. Who can whip them into shape, and I think they might have with Udoka. We'll see. Well, speaking of I, I, Detroit's roster, dude. Can I yeah. just put this out here before we go any further? I'm sorry, Bone. Go for it. Bro. I just want to say before the thought leaves my mind, Jalen Green, I think, is going to be most improved player this year. Jalen Green, most improved player. I mean, it's got a good shot at that. Yeah. Anybody on that team has a chance with Udoku coming in to coach. Like he's just gonna give them discipline that they need to push themselves forward. You saw what he did in Boston. Like he made everybody a permanently better player. Absolutely. I like. I just think Jalen Green has that dog in him. I mean, oh, dude. Like he's so good with the ball in his hands. Multiple forty-point games last season. He is a threat on offense. I don't know. I just think they need a good. They need some. Pl- they need a good playbook. They need a good game plan. They need to figure out what they're doing. Uh, excuse me. With all of these scores, they have so many scores and so ma- They have so much young talent, and it seems like they can't. They just can't put it together. Like they haven't had coaching or discipline. Exactly. So let me let me read you not necessarily the starting five, but what I think is the best five players on each team. Um, and you tell me who's better. Okay. Okay, and then we'll talk some draft. Pistons. Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, uh, Jalen Duran. Yeah. Ned. I'll throw Isaiah Stewart in there. Yeah, he's a dog. And then Eve and Stew. then we'll say we'll say James Wiseman. He's got potential. Okay. Okay. Or maybe, you know, maybe maybe you want to talk about Bojan Bogdanovich as that fifth best player. I can't Whatever. James Wiseman went first overall. 
Uh, he did. He he did. He went first. No, he went. He did, didn't he? To the Warriors. No, he went second overall. I think. When did the Warriors um, have the fucking? Second? I think Anthony Edwards went first in that draft. I think that was the same draft. Anyways, I'm just spewing bullshit. Anyway, so that's the Pistons. Sorry. Here's the Rockets. <laughs> Here's the Rockets. Jalen Green. Dog. Alperin Shangun. Dog. Absolute dog. Jokic. Look out for this guy Jokic. next year. Jabari Smith Jr. Dog. Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Dog. And then I'll throw in like Cam Whitmore. Should be a that's, pretty pretty solid rookie. That's their best big man. Um. Well, so I think Who Cam. What else do they have for big men? On for big men, Kenny Martin Jr. Shangun's a center. Um, Technically. Jay Sean Tate. You know they don't have a lot. They don't have a lot in the big man department. Um, I think Boban Marjanovic is on that team still. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But well, I say technically because Sengun's what like six nine, six ten. Damn, Wiseman was the second pick and is no longer with his first team, the Warriors. He's not good, dude. What do you guys think, Rockets or Pistons? Um, man, I, I mean, still like the. Rockets. I like the Rockets. Yeah, I think Jabari Smith Jr. has a lot of untapped potential. Have you seen Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I think they just drafted his replacement. His replacement with Oscar Thompson, yeah. Oh, I forgot about all. Yeah, I forgot about Thompson. So I, I so so Cade Cunningham Thompson was just on TV team. not too long ago. And, yeah, and um, and who did the Rockets draft? I, I don't know, but Cade, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I forgot about the rookies. My bad. I'm a little bit worried about Cade Cunningham. I don't know. Man. I'm not. I'm not really too worried about Cade. Well, he missed all last season with his shin injury. And um, apparently, got to give him one more year, right? The Photoshop, it's it's Photoshop. Never mind. <laughs> Why is it so hard to pull? Yeah, up these I just saw a picture sports. of him looking real rough, and then there was like an article attached to it that said um, he wasn't taking traditional medicines. Oh, so I forgot about this. So Which the Rockets. Means- he was using a more holistic approach to he pulled an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, something like that, but no, like more like um, Michael Thomas. Ah. He didn't want to get surgery, and he wanted to go around these alternative ways to heal his injuries. Oh, oh so, ah. so he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, like more like he was like. Uh, Sounds like my fucking cousin. Dude. So the Rockets got <laughs> Amen Thompson. The Pistons got Asar Thompson. Oh really? I him. Yeah, I forgot that happened. That's great. And they were picked right after in one another. Yeah, four and then five. In the top five picks in the draft, four of five of them were not in the NCAA. So I think that's going to be our poll question: Whose young roster is better, Rocks or Pistons? Because I think it could go either way. I'm taking the Pistons by a little bit here, though. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, Rockets. I just like their their. Scoring ability more. I, I like their guard duo and Cunningham and Ivy. I like Duran a lot. So you know we'll see. We'll see what the two Thompsons end up being. I think the Rockets have a higher ceiling. I think oh. the Pistons have a higher floor, but the Rockets have a much higher ceiling. I could agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. The the Rockets ceiling is real high. Dude, year. it's ridiculous. I'm telling you right now with the Doku. They like, got a coach Jab- now. Dude, there? Jabari, yeah. Nobody even talks about Jabari Smith Jr. They might and win. that kid is fucking nasty. They might win player. 45 games. 
and that'd be great for their franchise. This year, you think they might win 45? That would be yeah. great for their franchise. Wow. They have such a talented group of young players. I watch a lot of Rockets games. I don't know why. I just always end up watching. They were a good team I to bet on. I think it's because I always bet on Shingun to get a triple-double or <laughs> some shit. I bet on underdogs. I watched 45. a lot of Rockets that's games a, last year. That's too. a large turnaround. Yep. From what did they win twenty two or something like that last season? They were I don't know they Low were dog 20s. shit. They were garbage. I feel like it takes like, correct me if I'm wrong, like three years for a player to really get traction in the NBA. And I think a lot of these players on give the or Rockets, take yeah, yeah give or take it's like three years generally. They sure. have I think like everybody on the fucking Houston Rockets roster, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, is in their like. Like make or break type season. Yeah, so you know is James I mean? Wiseman. Yeah, that's that's one of the bigger question marks for the uh, Pistons is James Wiseman. I think we'll all by the end of this year we'll know what's good with the Rockets because yeah. they'll finally have a good coach. And they like, might be in the plan. I can see them in the plan, and I really hope they are. Get there. That would be exciting. That would be. Can you imagine? How good that they might really feel fly around, dude. Dude, they're nasty. Now, what if they snag James Harden back? Good move, bad move. I think great uh, move. Yeah, great they move. need yeah. a veteran presence with a coach with a good coach there. Yeah, they need think, a veteran. Yeah, presence. I think they would definitely benefit from that. Absolutely. So, shall we talk draft? Yeah, let's go over the NBA draft. Well, the first surprise was Victor Wembanyama going first overall. Yeah, who would have thought? I don't know. I was bugging out about that. No, but for real, the the actual first surprise this draft was Brandon Miller going two to the Hornets over Scoot Henderson. Yeah. I think some people speculated that might happen, but it was definitely, for most of us who aren't liars, pretty surprising. Earlier in the well, day, it, it was reported as well that the Hornets were showing an immense amount of interest in Scoot, and then what do you know? So I watched a video actually earlier today that kind of like put it into perspective for me a little bit. I think we were all like something happened, and for some reason we were all under the impression that Scoot Henderson was going to go second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was I'm like that thing where sure. people... <laughs> it's like that thing with the Berenstein Bears, and you think that it's... Yeah. The, you know what I mean? And now everybody about. thinks Nickelback sucks, but it's, they're really good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. Coldplay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I think... I'm pretty sure uh, Brandon Miller was expected to go second overall for... A long duration of time, and I think yeah. it was Shams who reported it, like hours before the draft had even happened. But he reported it, and I think that I think it might be Vegas playing with our balls. I think it might be Vegas is always playing. Sham Sharania does host a show for FanDuel TV. He does. FanDuel, as a company, had to come out and say that they were not privy or are never privy to any information that Sham reports on, which to me sounds like, oh, cool, you don't even watch your employee's own show. Real supportive group around you. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a real interesting thing because the it, book flipped in that one moment where Sham's reported For a it. few hours, Scoot was the minus number 900. two consensus. He yes. then went down to minus 300. Yep. Uh, but then right before the draft, he went back up to plus odds. Or I believe maybe when the draft was happening, hmm. after the first pick, I'm pretty sure Scoot was then back to plus money and then Brandon Miller was like, oh, the yeah. projected favorite again. I'm thinking Which, maybe... Maybe the Hornets saw 
they had like a premonition and saw the post-draft interview and second-guessed drafting him. Brandon Miller's? No, no. Oh, Scoot Henderson's? Yeah. Why? What happened? I didn't see it. He was just... He's a very interesting character. Is he arrogant? He's just like... Yeah. Just a little bit. I like that, though. Sometimes that translates I like, well. I, I got players... Like, Anthony Edwards is someone who, like, maybe some people consider to arrogant. I think sure. Anthony Edwards is playing a role. I think Anthony Edwards is actually consciously aware of everything that he's doing. He's playing the villain role, you think? I just think that Scoot Henderson might not all be be all there. <laughs> yeah. He reminds me of Antonio Brown when he talks. Yikes. That's a rough comparison. I don't know. I, I think Scoot's going to be really good. I would have expected him to go number two. Um, Scooter McGee, well, yeah, there's a reason why he got drafted in the top three. Right, of course. The um, Blazers are probably thrilled to get him at three. Yeah, you think Dame's thrilled? Mm. Uh, yeah, probably. probably yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Do you think I'd probably be pissed if I was him, dude? No, nah, he's been happy. He, I would have been expecting the Blazers to maybe flip that pick into a couple of assets. I think he was sick of it after this year, man. I think it's been his goal since... His season ended to get out of Portland. I think I'm going to go mute da- Damian Lillard, like the term Damian Lillard on my Twitter feed. Because oh, <laughs> every day I hear different reports. Yeah, It's like one day, oh, Dame is projected to go to the Miami Heat. And then the next day it's Dame is completely content staying in Portland. And he's here to rebuild. And he doesn't run from the grind. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Gotta figure it out. So Victor goes number one. People yeah. are already saying he's a top five player in the league. That's insane. That anyways, is absolutely insane. I think he is. It's ins- no, I'm joking. Okay. Anyways, I, uh, I you like, should see the smile on my face, dude. I don't think players that size are just like built to do the things that he does. They're Listen, scary, man. We can't say anything about Victor yet. So the fact that people are out here saying that things are saying is insane. And the fact on the other end of the spectrum that people are saying that he's a bust is also insane. We just don't know. You can oh, speculate missed, all you want. He missed a couple shots on a video? Because he missed a couple a shots. Well, people, <laughs> it's probably because of his stature. People are scared of a seven foot not. I don't know how tall he is. Seven, seven foot five. five. Is that how tall he is? Seven yeah, five. that's disgusting. He probably he... weighs ninety pounds. You know, I don't know. I think he has social anxiety, you which think so? which is completely okay. But it's good they don't make him a dog. The videos that I've seen, like post draft, like of him getting like drafted. I saw a video of uh, Jeremy Shohan, who I actually said I think on last podcast was the worst NBA starter in the yeah. league. I saw a video of him congratulating. Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's insane. Yeah. Who's worse? Than Jeremy Sochan? Starter. Who's a worse starter in the NBA? Like, a lot of them. Name one. That's what I'm asking you to do. Name one. I can name you one on the Spurs, right? Let me pull up if the Spurs. Zubac. Anyway, I saw a video, um, and he was, like, congratulating, and Wemby kind of just, like... Devin Vassell. That's on the same team. Yeah, he sucks. Anyways, go on. They both suck, in their fucking honest respects. Jeremy Sochan doesn't suck. Nah, he's he's not great. Either way, whatever. To each their own. I think you said he was the best starter. Is that, is that what I said? I think so. Okay, maybe I'm misquoting myself. Anyway, I saw a video. Shohan was congratulating him, and Victor Wembanyama just like couldn't look him in the eyes. Like he like kind of was just like super like maybe he's just a humble too. guy. But, I don't know, maybe he seems a little scared of the lights. Yeah, I don't know. He looks like he might be a little afraid of the lights. 
Hunter, I'm really perplexed by that statement. Like, I don't want to harp on it. But like, well, you so why did you harp on it last time we recorded the podcast? Because I don't remember you saying that. I, I, I don't I think he's great. It happening. It I happened? think that was something where we Was asked. it just glazed over? Yeah, how I think that it was just, glazed how over. How is that just something that's, like, completely crazy? Like, he's not a I think we did starter. also talk about it. As well, because I brought up how he averaged 15.5 points in nine. Uh, he did not average 15 points a game. Yeah, he did. He averaged 15 points a game. He averaged 11 points a game according to oh. ESPN. 11 points, 5 boards, 2.5 assists. Yeah, that's decent. That's decent, so 45%. Mediocre. That's yeah. fine. He's a rookie. Like, What more do you want from him? I don't know. You're telling me he's the worst starter in the league? Thinking of other people, That's too. That's what I said. That's kind of wild, dude. I don't... All right. Well, teach their own. All right, well. Dylan Brooks, he was up there on that list. He actually was statistically, Terrible. I think, the worst player in the NBA. Terrible. Uh, okay, so then the Thompson brothers go 4-5 and five for the Rockets and Pistons, respectively. Yeah, what's this league they're playing in? Overtime Elite. I don't know what the hell that is. That's not the G League? No, it's not the G League. It's some uh, I never what heard the heck of it, is it before. Let I think me look both nasty though. Overtime regardless. Elite, because I think a lot of people are also confused as to what Overtime Elite is. I really don't know what the fuck this is. So it's an independent league. Okay. Um, so the Thompson brothers become the first. Is it funded by the Saudis? I don't know. They become the first Overtime Elite players drafted to the NBA, going back to back, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's just an independent league. Um. Points leaders, Jordan Burks. Don't know who that is. Plays for the Bruins. The Boston Bruins? Nope. The, the overtime. I don't know. Bruins. The overtime elite Bruins, wherever they're from. Amon Thompson led the league in assists at 9.2 per game. Oh, nice. He's dishing. He's a disher. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'd never heard of this league before I heard of the Thompson brothers a little while back. Well, it's getting people to the league. Yeah. He's uh, putting them on the map. Apparently. I, I don't know. We'll have to check out some games. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to look into this. Next uh, yeah. Next episode of Funny Guys Money Lines, we'll have a detailed report on what Overtime Elite is <laughs> and who we think the best players are. So then after that, I'll do a few more. I don't know. I'll do like the top. top I'll do like the lottery. So Magic take Anthony Black. Okay, that's about where we expect him to go, somewhere around there. And then the Pacers take Bilal Kolabali, who was traded to the Wizards, and the Pacers got Jarris Walker from the Wizards. Okay. I don't have much to say about those guys. Then the Jazz draft Taylor Hendricks. Right. The Mavs draft Kaysen Wallace, trade him to the Thunder for Derek Lively. I like Derek Lively. Yeah, Derek Lively's a dog. He's a dog. I, I'm I'm I think they got a dog. In between those two, at eleven, Magic got Jet Howard, son of Jawan Howard. I know that guy. Yeah, I think we all are a little familiar with Jawan. Mm-hmm. And then the Raptors at thirteen get Grady Dick. Yeah, Dino Dick. Dino Dick Man, to the he league. He was really flossed out at I the draft. Can't wait to see him play in that suit that he was wearing. Do you think he will? I think he'll think probably he'll have a warm up form. Yeah, his warm up at least. Yeah, did you guys suit? see how outstanding his Donald Duck impression was? No, I didn't not, see that. No. But he has a mean Donald Duck impression. I figured a kid like that would. Yeah, no, he, yeah. <laughs> he he's would. the type to 
flash out in a suit and then pull out a Donald Duck impression. He's just, I mean, he was another character, you know? He had the GD Definitely pendant, he was iced out, he had my, I got my red bottoms on, like Dorothy. Like, okay, dude, I'm <laughs> okay, from Kentucky. Dick. Or, I'm from Kansas, whatever okay, we said. Okay, dick. Kind of upset the magic didn't take him. Really wanted to see that Suggs, Suggs dick, dick duo. But, yeah. uh... Magic dick? That would have been sick. The Suggs dick the Suggs magic? dick duo. That dick duo would have been sick. It would have been so sick. So we love some Grady Dick. And then, rounding out the lottery, at number 14, the Pelicans draft, our yeah. hometown boy. Yeah. Listen, I don't like UConn, probably just because I went to a state university. Me and Hunter are CCSU boys. Whatever. But hey, he's a hometown guy. You gotta like him, Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, champion. Yeah, to the Pelicans. Yeah, kid's got that dog in him. I like it. He's got a dog in him. I like so it. So that's the lottery. I don't know anything outside the lottery. You guys um, are really yeah. I would by? like to touch on the fact that Amani Bates, I think, went forty-seven. Yeah, Cavs uh, got a steal. Let's see. The Cavs. Cavs no, got a steal. He went. He went forty. Nine to the Cavs, yeah. Okay. Close enough. That is a he steal. Is probably going to be the steal of the draft. That kid's a lights-out shooter. Yeah. Off the dribble, there's nothing you can do with him. No. I got I he's got a lot of size. I think that's good for their three. He, he's got, yeah, I think, well, who's at the, they don't have much at the three, do they? Of no, Kobe? I mean, yeah, um, it's, uh, no, no, it's no. Isaac Okoro. Okoro, that's what Okoro. I was saying. Stevens. Yeah, I mean, Okora's a good 3D guy. Chetty Osman, who, I mean, he's, solid. he's okay. But he is solid, but I think, they don't give him enough play. I think he has a chance to beat all those guys out. For oh, the yeah. Spot, starting he's spot. explosive. It, he just, yeah. he's, I've been following this kid since high school. He's like, quick. I'm, he's he's very good. He's explosive. He, he can shoot, shoot off the dribble. Absolutely. He can really shoot. He can really shoot. So now that Hunter gave his steal a draft, I kind of want to give mine. What's who's yours? Ready for this? Uh-huh. At number 55, the Pacers draft Isaiah Wong out of Miami. Okay. Loved him in the tournament? Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to pretend like I watch a lot of college basketball. I definitely watch the shit out of the tournament every year. Who does And then besides that, I'll, you know, if it's a slow week night and I got nothing to do, I'll throw some bets on some games and watch them. But I don't, I don't watch a ton of college ball. But I loved what I was seeing out of Isaiah Wong out of Miami. And I'm not going to pretend like he should have gone a lot higher but I think he has potential to be a solid scorer in the league. So. Yeah, he does have potential to be a solid scorer. I mean, he was a great scorer. He can move around on the court real well. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Isaiah Wong, dude. Isaiah yeah. Wong. He was a killer in that tournament, dude. He was. I mean, he in that kind of... I, I love to see that and see a player get drafted sometimes after a good tournament showing, it makes me think that it's that. Like, they saw the same thing I saw in that player. Yeah. And, like, he was willing to take the last shot. He didn't give up on his team at all, ever. And he just relentlessly played. And, yeah, I think that's a good pickup for them. And I know that Hunter's got three guys that went undrafted that he wants to mention. Yeah, I got a few of them, actually. Thanks for reading my mind, Nick. I know you. Those, um, they were good pickups this year, man. Look, man, we got uh, Sonogo from UConn, who yep. played a big role in their success throughout the tournament. Um, he's, a, he's a Chicago Bull he's now. He's a Bull now. They, right. He went undrafted, but they picked him up, rightfully so. I think he deserved that. Uh, we got Drew Timmy. Yep. who was a dog Jimmy. for Gonzaga year he after was year. a four-year guy. He looks like he's 32, but I he's coming out. I was going to say, I feel like he played like 10 years yeah, for Gonzaga. Yeah, but I mean Real he was... Stetson Bennett kind of guy. Definitely a Stetson Bennett kind of guy. But he was there, and he was making things happen for them, and it was surprising to see him go undrafted. But who did you guys know who he got picked up by? I think by? the Bucks picked yep. him up. The Bucks picked right? him up. Okay, so I like that. 
That's cool. I think he'll fit in real nicely. I think he'll play kind of a similar role that uh, Brooke Lopez does in that Yeah, system. and he can play that role, too. I think he'll slip mm -hmm. right in there. He uh, plays great defense at the rim. He can spot up and shoot from time to time. Definitely. It's kind of weird to think that, like, the two... Like, they're, they're two very impactful big men throughout that entire tournament. And Tim, yeah. especially for the last couple yeah. of years, it's weird that those two went undrafted. It's kind of... I, I don't. I They're don't get on it. the smaller side, and you see how much size is in the NBA now. But it mixes but up all really throughout matter? it. Like I feel like we well. we're kind of getting to like a positionless. <laughs> the age old question. We're we're getting to like a positionless kind of NBA where like it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Why are you guys laughing at me? It's a valid question. No, it is a valid question. Yeah, just, I've yeah. asked it so many times. Yep. But no, I get what you're saying. They are undersized, but yeah, I think that. I think that's the only thing, really. Yeah, I can see that. And the kid out of uh, Kansas State. Yeah, we got uh, Marquise Noel. Yeah, who we were uh, we were ruined for throughout that tournament. Oh my! I think God. he was all our favorite players. And yeah, play he was all of our favorite. How do how do you say that? What am I trying all of to our say? Favorite, all of ours. All, all of, of our favorite players. Favorite. Yeah, favorite. We player. liked him. We liked the kid we're a lot big, in the yeah. tournament. Big all guy. of us were rooting for him. Yes. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. I remember me and Nick were at Buffalo Wild Wings enjoying, I believe it was either the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. The one where there was overtime? Yes. Did and you they feel were like you caused it? FAU? We did cause yeah. it. Really? Yeah, it was, it was FAU. It was the FAU, FAU team? the Cinderella team. And then Kansas State ended up losing, right? Yeah, they lost to FAU. So that was probably the Elite 8 game. What a wild tournament that, dude, that was. Marquise yeah. Noel was wow. single-handedly pulling Kansas State back into that game throughout the second period and doing as much as he could throughout overtime. He hit some with wild little, bangers. He's like five foot seven. This kid has all heart. Yeah. He just plays with heart. Dude. Yeah. And Reminds me of Nate Robinson. Dude, he, yeah. really, I think I said that yeah. during that game. I was like, dude, this short motherfucker. Except he can move the ball a lot better than Nate Robinson. He is a point god. Yeah. I saw him make some passes in that, specifically that Elite Eight game, where yeah. I was just dumbfounded. I wouldn't Hands be on my head, like, dude, there's no way I just witnessed that pass go through. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some passes from that guy, because he set an NCAA record in the tournament mm -hmm. for 19? most assists in a game. Yeah. 19 assists, right? Yeah, 19 assists in a game. The Assist than John Stockton. Ever heard of him? Never. Stockton? Don't know who that is. John Stockton. Care to enlighten us, Bob? Who's John Stockton? You guys are kidding, right? We're kidding. We know John Who's Stockton. All-time all NBA assist leader. <laughs> Jazz legend. Come on, don't mess My with buddy. us. buddy. No, we were messing with you. I was worried for we're a second. We're not that so, much younger than you are. I just felt like I had just had a midlife crisis. <laughs> the Raptors picked him up, right? Not John Stockton. Yeah, the Raptors Noel. picked up Noel. So, yeah. uh... I mean, another team oh, where he might be able to. For Fred Van Fleet. He might be able to find himself in that rotation with FVV going down or uh, opting out of his contract. I believe it was a player option. Yep, he did. Opt so out. they got a coach now, right? Do they? Um, I think they. Let me look. Damn, it we're lacking. Did they sign? Lacking. here right now. Yeah, did they sign uh, Mike Budenholzer? I uh, hope not. No, Nick Darko. Nurse. Oh, yeah, Darko. They got the Grizzlies assistant. Darko oh, so, Ryakovich. Right. This is, okay, perfect, because this is kind of where we let off, because last we heard, Doc Rivers was probably going to end up with that job, and the NBA answered our call and bringing in a fresh new face. Yeah. So it's, that'll be exciting to watch how going, he handles that roster. Going against the coaching carousel, you know, which it, we love to see. Yeah, and, and, you know, now this makes the Raptors a huge question mark because will Noel see the court with 
you figured in Nick Nurse offense that he would because he makes a lot of substitutions. Everybody on that team would get play. Everybody mm-hmm. on that team would get his shot. Mm-hmm. Well, does he make the team is the first question, do you think? I think he makes the team. He's got a lot of grit. If he doesn't he make the team, he's got to get picked up by somebody else. I think somebody else out there is looking for a playmaker, and they don't see size. They see heart, and they see yeah. playmaking ability through the fucking roof yeah. from this kid. And that's that's what I see, at least. He's got a lot of PMA. Wouldn't call myself an analyst by any means, but <laughs> I think this kid's got what it takes. Yeah. To at least be a, facilit- a backup facilitator in the NBA. Yeah. And he can make shots, man. No, he can definitely he make can shots. He can shoot. He's not just a passer. I like his shot. He's got I really it. like his shot. It's harder for him, being as short as he is, to get the ball up to 10 feet. Yeah. So, like, you got to just applaud him for, you know, doing what these other players do. I was. Being a foot shorter than everybody else. He was a fascinating watch. He was definitely a fascinating watch. But, yeah, that uh, that kind of wraps up our draft for yeah. the NBA. We um, had another – it led me right to another fascinating watch. The boys had ourselves a day. Oh, dude, Are you such a day. If you were what tuned in, if you were tuned into <laughs> the funny guys money lines Instagram, which if you're not, you should because should there's be. some there's some gems on there. That is at funny guys money lines, no underscores, no spaces, no periods on no. Instagram. Just original type that shit in. Original. Type it in. Quick and easy, nice, sweet and clean. There it is. Um yeah, the boys took on the Travelers Championship at TPC River Highlands on Saturday. We were there for moving day. Uh, we watched as Keegan Bradley shot right up the leaderboard and overtook Denny McCarthy, who had a $96 cash-out option that I decided not to do because I went to Denny's in the morning. We all went to Denny's in the morning. Wait, wait, wait. Um, was Denny's... Yeah, that possibly was, as good as the Travelers Championship. Not a chance. Oh man, that was a great time though. Dude. No, Denny's was good, but I don't think anything compares. I think the Travelers Championship was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I think I had I two was, of the best experiences I, of my life that day. In one day. In one day. The, one only, day. the only difference was that I wasn't completely plastered at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> you were spinning off that Celsius though. I was ah. yes, I was I definitely had nothing inside of me other than caffeine yep. in the morning. But by the end of the day I had about four IPAs and I, I, I was having a good time. I had a great time. The golf tournaments are a great time. <laughs> um, and welcome to the world of golf. Yeah, thank you. I mean, um so I was on Denny McCarthy in that tournament. I also had a good feeling about Colin Morikawa and that didn't pan out. Um we so we get there around when when would you say we walked in right before noon a little late yeah around noon a little late late. but it all panned out in our favor anyway because there was rain we dealt with some weather throughout the last few week or a few days here uh we had rain there was rain early saturday morning and they decided to push back the tea times great Nobody teed off until 1045, yep. so we got a really unique experience on moving day yep. where there were pairings of threes, and they went off from both uh, sets of tees. So we had groups starting on 10 and groups starting on 1, and which meant from the start of everything till the end, there was action on every hole, Yeah, which was like, that. that I think that's great for the uh, community the golf community who goes out to watch the golf you have an option on every single hole Mm -hmm. but i mean there's no denying the number one option for the majority of these people 
on Saturday oh, God. was Rory McIlroy. Dude, are such you fucking crowd. kidding me? Rory McIlroy. He was carrying the biggest crowd with him all day. He is such a draw, man. That was fascinating to watch. We watched him birdie hole 10. Bro, he was shooting up the leaderboards on day three. Yeah, he was. I was on him too, I think. Nick put a bet on him the day yeah. before we went, and I ended uh-huh. up placing... I think when we were at Denny's before the round had even started, the mm-hmm. odds had gone up to plus two thousand. He played so, well. He, I think he finished tied third. Yeah, he had a great. Like he didn't even have really that bad of a fourth day either. It was just Keegan Bradley doing what he, he does best. Yeah. I mean, oh man, it, it was a breakout win for Keegan as far as this season goes. He was playing real well in the last few weeks. Ever since the players only meeting that he was he wasn't invited to. He was kind of playing out of spite because of that. He comes back to his hometown. He's a he was born in New England, born in Massachusetts, raised in Vermont. The only tour in New England, or the only stop on tour in New England, and he goes out there and he goes eight under the first day, and gives Danny McCarthy something to look at. Danny McCarthy comes out and shoots ten under, shoots a sixty on the first day. Then they both tie at the end of the second day. They're 15 under. Then he came out looking a little shaky day three. And I think then we day saw three, some nerves from day three. You yeah, really Danny. did, and that's the thing that made the experience so great is sometimes you can get caught up in watching the broadcast or just looking at the leaderboard and wondering how these guys are dropping holes. Denny McCarthy played even through his round on Saturday after shooting 15 under in two days. And what I saw... From just watching him play in the final pairing, and it just looked like the pressure of that group was immense on him. And he looked rattled, and he looked like he wasn't really composed. And no matter how much we cheered him on, he just didn't really break through. And we were able to follow along with a few groups. We watched Min Woo Lee make a really nice chip shot on the 14th hole. We watched Morikawa hit. No, we watched Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama. He holed out from about 110 yards. As soon as we walked in. That was the first golf shot we saw. Very first one. I turned my head. And I see a ball slam dunk into the hole. Yeah. And I'm like, everybody's going wild. And everybody's going crazy. And I ask a spectator, Who was that? Who the hell was that? Hideki. Hideki? Like, go fucking Hideki. Yeah. I'm a golf fan now. (laughs) I I, I love golf. I think a great thing about the Travelers being there in person. Yeah. uh, Something that I actually just thought about was is that when you watch other sporting events on TV, you get to see. It's just one event. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. like when you're watching golf on TV, you only get to see who the broadcast is showing you. Right. And when it jumps there, around and shit. When you're there in person, yeah. you can do whatever the fuck you want. Seriously. You can go and watch fucking three of... You could watch five groups on the same hole and then walk over to the fucking back yeah. nine and watch people finish. We were able to stay on the grandstand and watch like five or six groups finish on the 18th, on the 18th hole. hole, and it was absolutely phenomenal. And we started, we didn't. I don't think we saw like the first five holes. No, we saw like six, the, seven, other eight, than nine. That, all we the way saw through. every other hole, right. and we were just traveling, and it was traveling a travelers. We were traveling a travelers, the red <laughs> umbrella. And thank you for travelers to travelers for even allowing us to have this great experience. I think. I'm a huge fan, and I'm going to be back next year. I love. There's nothing like a a PGA event in person. Like, 
I watch it on TV and yeah, I can appreciate like, oh, I suck at golf, but right. the, the way that these guys make yeah. everything look so easy is ridiculous. But when you're there in person and you can actually scale out like, holy how, shit, how this guy just drove the ball 330 yards. Like it's kind of miraculous to think about. Yeah. The it, way they do it so consistently. A hundred percent. And it's... And you can tell, like, straight off the rip when they hit the ball, if they don't like it, they're going to let you know. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I think I saw Hovland, or I didn't see it, but uh, my friends who we saw at the Travelers had mentioned it to me. They saw Hovland hit out of the bunker or out of the rough. It went straight up and landed two feet in front of him. And they watched Hovland, like, spike his iron or his wedge straight on the ground. <laughs> it was just like, like, there's so much emotion involved. Oh yeah, it's a great thing to watch. Yeah, I'm a golf fan, and and it's wild. Like props to the players for being able to just have so much composure and and be so calm when literally there is 100 people lined up an arm's length away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's one of the craziest things about golf. Like it's the most inclusive experience for a sports fan. One hundred percent. There's no big barrier. There's no security guard. I nope. mean, I mean, there's security guards, right? But it's not like a, it's not even like an implied thing. Like these people are not being rushed. They're not being heckled or attacked. There's no. so much consideration for the golfer as mm-hmm. well, and I think that's that's a beautiful thing about this sport. And uh, I mean. Unfortunately, though, I don't think Rory McIlroy will have as much as a warm reception next year mm-hmm. after the things he had to say about the tra- Travelers after falling and not being able to secure the win in the tournament. He Wait, decided do tell. So he decided to say that tournaments like this don't seem so fun, where everybody can shoot so low and the rough is in play so much. Uh, Just be better, Rory. Well, that's kind of... What the fuck kind of comment is that? Here's the deal with Rory. He had... His problem problem was the approach (laughs) to the green is difficult in this course because you can end up in the rough or whatever the hell it is. I don't know what his deal was. It's easy to approach the green. That's why people go so low. It's one of the shortest courses on tour, if not the shortest, which would bode well... For him, if he could play his wedges right. Okay, so get There are better. so many times where he had approach <laughs> shots from 120 yards or less where he couldn't wedge onto the green. I've, I saw that a couple times. You know, he wouldn't hit greens in regulation mm-hmm. on one of the more shorter courses. Mm-hmm. So if that's your problem with the course, I mean, you think about it, you look at other tournaments this season where winners came in at 28 and another one at 29 under. So... I mean, it happens all over the place on tour. Just, yeah, play play to the course. I mean, yeah, here's the fucking thing, buddy, Rory, (laughs) McElroy. You are a professional golfer. Right. You should be able to maybe switch your game plan up by day three and say, (laughs) yo, the wedges aren't working. Let me pick up a five iron. Or, Or, I'm sorry, let me pick up an eight or a nine. Like, if they're not hitting the green, you're shorting the green every time. You fucking, you club up. Yeah, the other thing is like everyone's playing the same course, dude. It's like if you're <laughs> playing, it's like if you're playing one on one in basketball with someone, and they're like, "Oh, this rim, man, I would have beat you if it wasn't for this rim." Like, well, I kind of just shot on the same fucking rim you did, buddy. Exactly. It's the same exact thing. Like exactly. everyone's doing the same course. 
kind of a ridiculous comment. I didn't hear that before he just brought it up. But, yeah, um, it was sad. It was, I was I was upset to see that. Boy, shitting on my hometown course, bro. What's going know, on there? I know. I mean, it, it's kind of like not Fuck a great Rory. way to win over the Connecticut fans. No, but not at all. I think he has a small penis now. <laughs> I also don't think he cares. Rory, show us your penis. That's really a stereotype. You know, Irish men are statistically the shortest penises in the world or something. Oh, is that like, why they're so upset? The short, the short, maybe oh. it's the shortest white penis. Yeah. Um, the shortest white penis. The shortest white penis. Okay. That should be the name of this episode. <laughs> Rory McElroy. Um, At least he can hoist that trophy, right? Well, who knows? Smallest cock on the PGA He tour. might even come up short on that one. Rory's not going to like us. I don't know. Rory I mean, is... Fuck Rory. Rory is due a win. There's some I mean, stupid comments he made. That I mean, just actually angered me. Yeah, I mean, that was kind Be of... better. That was kind of bullshit. I mean, people... People make comments on courses all the time after tournaments, and, you know, usually I don't pay attention to it. But this one's kind of powerful, you know, coming from Rory McIlroy, who's pretty much, as we saw on Saturday, the face of golf. He had yeah. a crowd following him on every hole, dude. He had a whole migration behind yeah. him. I mean, I don't know if he's playing in this next event because it's, an it's not an elevated event. Seriously, I mean, it's an elevated event. You know, it's, great. it's great for the golfers. Think about Keegan Bradley, for Christ's sake, before you go blubbering on about the rubbish in your side yeah. of the grass. So we're moving on to uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic this week in Detroit, Michigan. Let me hear it. Um, what do we well, got? B- before we get into that, in Las Vegas at the win, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will be playing a scramble match against Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. I got Steph and Clay. Uh, that will be on TNT on Thursday night. Ooh. Can you bet on that? Um, I bet you you can. I, got, I bet you you can. I got my money on Steph and Clay. Steph Curry. Me too. I don't know if Steph's you've ever gross. seen it. No, I've, I've seen he's a good golfer. He's a phenomenal golfer. That's why my money's on Stephen Clay. He's a phenomenal golfer. Those are so. actually two of probably the most prominent duos in their respective sports right now, so that's actually a pretty... That's a cool matchup. It's an yeah, impressive matchup. I like this yeah. match. The match has been going on for a few years now. It started with Tom Brady and... Uh, Tiger Woods playing. Josh Allen was in there at some point. Josh right? Allen was in there another year. Yep. It was Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers yeah, and Aaron Tom Rogers. Brady. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that was cool to watch, man. That yeah. was fun. Um, yeah. But whatever to spice up golf you need. I mean, I'm, it's spiced up enough for me, but. We love spice around here. Yeah, can't get enough spice. So let me hop into my bookmarks real quick. I'll give you a few stats on the course that I found to be interesting. Um, There was over one inch of rain yesterday. Uh, The course will play very soft, not a lot of bouncing. It'll be big for people who can get off the tee well, who can hit their wedges well, Rory. Not Rory. And and due to the slower greens, uh, your putting will have to be spot on. It has the 15th widest fairways. With mostly straight holes, there are only two angled dogleg holes. Um, there's not a lot of forced layup holes, which means that you can attack a lot of these greens. There's only one water hazard on the whole entire course, as opposed to Travelers, which is there were quite a few, but abundant with uh, liquids. I loved it. I didn't see anybody splash though. Yeah, I didn't see anyone do that either. I didn't see it with my eyes, but I saw it on television. Okay, I'll tell you that much. Um, 9 out of 10 of the par 4s are less than 460 yards, and 3 out of 4 par 5s are among the easiest on the tour. Um, 
So there's yeah. a lot of points to be had on those right. par fives. And the 12th smallest greens on tour as well. So if you're on the green, you have a good chance of making a putt. Uh, you just have to be good with your wedges, like gotta, I had said before. Got to get on the green. Uh, that leads me to who I'm looking at for this week. I like Hideki Matsuyama. Oh. Not only just because I saw him hole out on hole seven on Saturday. Might be a little bias coming in here. It could be, but <laughs> I mean, I see what he does with his wedges. He's really good at approaching the green, and he can typically read a putt really well. Um, I think he's due. He hasn't won one this season. He's been top ten a few times, and he was top five a few weeks ago. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry. He's been top ten a few times. He hasn't been in the top 10 since March. He came in 13th last week. I feel like Travelers could have been a little bit of a warm-up for him heading into this course, which plays very similar to the Travelers. I was thinking that as you were describing So I won't course. be betting Rory McIlroy, that's for damn sure. Certainly not. Um, I'm going to stay away from Tom Kim this week. It was reported last week he had a bit of tendonitis. He still ended on Sunday really, really well. He played well. I saw him play a few holes. I was liking me some Tom Kim. Oh, man, yeah. we uh, That was another thing that we got to saw right away with Scotty Scheffler and Tom Kim. And that tall mm-hmm. motherfucker, Scotty Scotty Scheffler is, is one an, big son of a bitch. He's an intimidating figure. Yeah. He looks like Slender Man. Yeah. The Texas, <laughs> boy, the Texas boy is big. It's actually kind of crazy. I think that was the first shot that... We were actually like stopping to watch. Like we went, like we watched him walk up to the tee box. We watched him set up. We watched him drive. That was like that was, or at yep. least for me, that was what like that was when I realized like holy shit, I'm like 20 feet away from these guys. It's it was cool, a pretty, it was it was a very cool experience, it's a cool experience for someone who you know doesn't really pay much attention to golf. Someone yeah. who's never been to an event before. Yeah, I loved it. Was, it. it was it was it was an eye opening experience. I for saw. Sure. I think it was Adam Scott. I saw him tell a tell a spectator to be quiet. That, that tickled me. That was <laughs> I was riding Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott and his uh, big old broomstick putter. He played very well. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he was another guy that we got to see play. Man, yeah. that was cool, man. That was real cool to see these guys that you see every week play play right in front of you in your home state. It was it was awesome. There's nothing like it. We'll be back next year. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think I might volunteer. I mentioned it before. Yeah, you I'm, should. I am seriously considering that, and I actually, I think I'm slowly committing myself into the volunteering at TPC Travelers. You sign up. You do pay money to volunteer. You pay like seventy bucks, but inside of that seventy bucks, you get the t-shirt you get the hat you get the gear you get the bag you also get access to the days that you don't work there on the tour you get to you know that pays for itself man that really does pay for itself it pays for itself twice yeah um and you're working to create like a beautiful atmosphere i mean every spectator and every golfer like there's got to be some sense of pride within there somewhere there's definitely going to be a sense of fulfillment when i'm telling people to shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) 100%. That's my favorite thing about golf. 100%. Getting to, being able to uh, tell people to shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, I really love Hideki Matsuyama coming into this week. Tony Finau is the previous champion. I'm going to look at some odds here real quick for the PGA Tour and okay. uh, let, you, let, let you in on a little bit of insight for players that Let's I know who can handle the wedge. Um Besides Matsuyama, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Connors came out and played well in this tour. I thought he would, uh, I thought he would pull off a win at the RBC Canadian Open, but it ended up being another 
um, Canadian, Nick Taylor. Mm. And Corey Connors did not play bad in that tournament. You know, he had the lead as well at some point, but ended up slipping. Uh, I think if he plays consistent throughout the week here, he he could have a good chance. Uh, We have Hideki at 16-1 odds. Um, Yeah, I'm going to ride that. I'm I'm looking at these odds, too, on FanDuel with you. I'm not seeing a lot of big names on this event. Like, you got Ricky, you got Colin Morikawa, Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, and then... Yeah, it looks like Scotty Scheffler's not playing. It looks like Rory McIlroy's not playing. It looks like John Rahm, who missed the cut last week at Travelers, is not playing. Got a lot of absences. can't believe Rahm missed the cut. I would have really liked to see him play when we went there on Saturday. Yeah, I can't believe Rahm missed the cut, and then Rory still said that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how that made Rahm feel. Yeah, right? Yeah. I wonder how that made Keegan Bradley feel. Like, dude, give some fucking respect. I mean, like, the seriously. kid came in there and shot, what, 22 under? Something like that. Uh, yeah, he ended 23 under. 23, 23 under is under. ridiculous. It doesn't matter what course you're playing on. You're playing with some of the biggest names in golf right now, and you got to beat all those guys out and keep the composure throughout all four days. That's something. That's not like anything to shrug at. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, you know, with this kind of. Uh, with this kind of limited field I wouldn't mind throwing a flyer on somebody like Akshay Bhatia who is playing on a PGA Tour exemption so he needs a win to stay PGA eligible mm-hmm. or Sam Bennett who's like possibly the rookie of the year he needs a win by when the end of the tour by the end of this year yeah okay. by the end of the FedEx Cup FedEx Cup uh, they're both at 120 to 1 and Sam Bennett is the kid from college who came into the PGA uh, Championship and finished in the top ten. Like, outstanding player on a tough course that everybody was getting eaten alive at. So, uh, I could ride with that guy. That'd be a little bit of fun. I'm riding with whatever bump throws. Because this guy's fucking red hot. Yeah, yeah. So. he had Denny McCarthy before the tournament started. Yeah, these are pre-flop. And that was looking really good when we were in Denny's, rooting for Denny's. That morning, um, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't even tell through. you guys until we were sitting at the table. It was kind of, I didn't plan on telling you, but it was uncovered that we were only at Denny's because of Denny McCarthy. <laughs> Otherwise, we probably would have been at IHOP. Yeah, yeah IHOP is. <laughs> Which a, happened to be right down the street from Denny's. IHOP's a little bit better, but Denny's is still a home run breakfast. We had a too. hell of a waitress give us our food. Yeah, oh and you God. had bacon seasoned jelly. Yeah, I had bacon jam. And John, we had a seasoned veteran giving me suggestions. She took great care of us. Great care of us. We gave her a nice tip. We took good care of her. Absolutely. As you all should. You should always take care of the people that take care of you. Hey, man. Good finishing point. That's a good note to close on. I like that. Yeah. Um, Any last thoughts? Yeah. So let me say... um, you should always take care of the people that take care of you. Mm-hmm. And if you let us take care of you during this podcast, I hope you take care. Hell yeah. All right, then. It's a great message. See you next time. Did that make sense? Yeah, I loved it. All right. I, I love you. It made a little bit of sense. Yeah, no, that was good. Okay, bye-bye now. <laughs>